0: section twenty two of sikh religion volume five by max arthur mcauliffe this librivox recording is in the public domain life of guru gobind singh chapter twenty two as the siege was protracted the hardships of the troops and of the other inmates of anandpur painfully increased rations were now reduced to less than a quarter of a pound of corn daily and sometimes none at all were served out the sikhs occasionally made foraging expeditions at night and fought hard for small booty when this was exhausted they ground the bark of trees and converted it into bread they also lived on leaves and whatever fruit and flowers they could collect it is related that with notwithstanding their terrible sufferings they never lost heart or relaxed in the defence of their city the enemy heard of the sikhs forays and appointed several scouts to watch their operations one night as the sikhs sallied forth they were observed and information promptly given to the allied army no action however was taken until the sikhs on their return approached the city they were then attacked by both hindus and Mohammedans in great numbers the sikhs threw down their bundles and determined not to die like jackals as long as there is breath in our bodies they said let us wield our swords and place ourselves beyond the fear of transmigration although they were faint with hunger yet each of them killed two or three of the enemy finally overpowered by superior numbers and unable to receive assistance from within the city they all perished fighting to the last the rajas now formed a plan to induce the guru again to leave anandpur they promised that in the event of his doing so their armies would withdraw and the guru might afterwards return whenever he pleased the guru heeded not this proposal it was repeated several times but the guru still refused to accept it the sikhs never heard of these overtures until one day in darbar raja Ajmir chand's envoy produced his master's letter raja ajmer chand stated that it contained no deception but it was honestly intended it would he said be well if the guru and his troops evacuated the city as early as possible they might take all their property with them the sikhs who heard this proposal went to the guru's mother to urge it on her and she promised to use her influence with him she said my son this is a propitious offer Take us with thee and leave Anandpur. I am thy mother and I ask thee to obey me and seek shelter elsewhere. Thus shalt thou restore life to thy starving Sikhs. My son, fighting were perhaps well if we had wherewithal to maintain ourselves. But now we are involved in poverty and hardships of every description. If thou let the opportunity pass, it will not return again the hillmen and the turks are prepared to swear that they will grant us safe conduct so it is well that we should depart moreover gwaja mardud hath now arrived from the emperor with a message that he hath vowed to capture thee or die in the effort all the rajas are on his side wherefore my son let us withdraw from anandpur there is nothing more precious or dearer than life the guru replied mother dear the hillmen are idolaters and false their intellect is like that of the stones they worship there is no reliance to be placed on their promises the turks are equally evil their very falsehood will destroy them all the khalsa shall extend and wreak vengeance on its enemies the guru was unable to convince his mother or his sikhs of the wisdom of the course he was following he then hit on a plan by which they should be convinced that the overtures made to him had been treacherously intended the guru sent for raja Ajmer chand's brahman envoy and told him he would evacuate anandpur if the allied armies would first allow the removal of his property he asked for pack-bullocks for the purpose these with the necessary sacks were readily supplied him the hindus swore on the salagram and the Mohammedans on the koran that they would not deceive him or molest his servants departing with his property the guru then ordered his treasurer to collect all the old shoes worn-out clothes bones of dead animals broken utensils dung and similar offal that could be found in the anandpur bazaar and load the sacks therewith on each sack was to be placed a piece of brocade to make it appear that the contents were valuable to the bullocks horns were attached torches so that the excellence of the cloth with which the sacks were covered and also the departure of the bullocks might not escape the observation of the enemy it was arranged that the bullocks with their loads were to start in the dead of night naturally the brilliancy of the procession did not escape the enemy's notice and they rejoiced like a parched field on receiving rain six thousand of them were in ambush to plunder the supposed property of the guru the sikhs on discovering this discharged their cannon and caused great destruction among the serried ranks of the hindus and Mohammedans. the sacks were however all seized by the enemy and carefully guarded until morning as it was then too late to examine their contents it was only on the morrow the enemy discovered the guru's stratagem and painfully realized the fact that they had committed perjury for the sake of the sweepings of the anandpur market-place the guru availed himself of the incident to demonstrate his own forethought and the treachery of the enemy he told his troops that everything they had endured had been by the will of god and he quoted guru nanak happiness is a disease the remedy for which is unhappiness at last came an autograph letter from the emperor to the guru i have sworn on the koran not to harm thee if i do may i not find a place in god's court hereafter cease warfare and come to me if thou desire not to come hither then go whithersoever thou pleasest the emperor's envoy added on his own account o guru all who go to the emperor's court praise thee on that account the emperor feeleth certain that an interview with thee will add to his happiness he hath sworn by muhammad and called god to witness that he will not harm thee the hill rajas have also sworn by the cow and called their idols to witness that they will allow thee safe conduct bear not in mind anything that hath occurred the attack on thine oxen was not prompted by any raja the attackers have been generally punished and the ringleaders are in prison no one now o true guru dareth do thee harm wherefore evacuate the fort at any rate for the present and come with me to the emperor thou mayest afterwards do what thou pleasest the guru on hearing this said you are all liars and therefore all your empire and your glory shall depart you all took oaths before this and then perjured yourselves your troops whose business it was to fight have become robbers and therefore you shall all be damned the sikhs went again to the guru's mother to complain of his refusal to listen to reason upon this she told him that if he did not leave anandpur he would be deserted by his sikhs and even by his family and he would be then left alone to the mercy of the hostile armies some sikhs also made a direct representation to him and pleaded that through hunger they were unable to endure any longer the fatigue of the siege and the brunt of war and if they were now in their weak and emaciated condition to make an effort to force their way through the enemy's ranks they would all be inevitably massacred they therefore advised capitulation the guru on hearing these representations said to his sikhs my brethren they who leave the garrison now will all be killed and i do not desire to be held responsible wherefore give me a statement in writing that you have totally renounced me and then you may act as you please but if on the other hand you wish to abide by my advice i will support you and the immortal god will extend his protecting arm over us all adopt whatever alternative you please on hearing this the sikhs and the guru's mother hesitated her son was dear to her but so was her own life she resolved however that she would not separate from him the sikhs too felt that having vowed never to leave the guru they could not abandon him or make a formal declaration that he was not their guru and they were not his sikhs when the turks and the rajas heard from the imperial envoy of the failure of his negotiations they decided to send the guru's mother an embassy with a request that she and her grandchildren should abandon the fort this was in the hope that when the guru found himself alone he would follow them the envoy first proceeded to the guru and endeavored to persuade him to evacuate the guru replied that he could not rely on any promise made by the idolatrous rajas or the hypocritical muhammadans he then expatiated on the villainies and inherent turpitude of arangzeb a man who had no regard for an oath and whose god was money as was apparent from his persecution of the king of golconda against whom his operations were now directed the envoy seeing there was no hope from the guru then proceeded to the guru's mother and employed all his arguments to convince her that it was expedient for the guru and his Sikhs to leave o lady save thyself and all thy family what will it avail thee to remain here and if thou depart what harm will it do thee the guru's sikhs are everywhere ready to receive thee and whithersoever thou decidest to go thou mayest abide in happiness this city will still be thy property but leave it now and end the quarrel hundreds of thousands are waiting to behold thee explain matters to thy son and persuade him to obey thee if not then prepare to go thyself and he will follow thee of his own accord if thou listen not to this advice great sufferings will result the guru's mother promised to use all her efforts to persuade her son and said she would place confidence in the oaths of the turks and the hill rajas the sikhs sore stricken with hunger supported the envoy's representation o true guru knowing us to be thine own grant us the gift of life if thou agree not to this let us retire to some forest where the turks cannot reach us here shut up in this fort many have died and many more will die no food can come to us from outside and we have now been fighting for a long time o great king how can we who are famished with hunger continue to do battle accept our advice oblige us not to renounce thee and expel us not from thy faith if thou adhere to thine own resolve we must part company for life is dear to every one and what will a dying man not do nay we pray thee to assist thy sect and save our lives the guru replied my brethren waver not i only desire your welfare you know not that these people are deceivers and designed to do us evil if you hold out a little longer as you have done you shall have food to your heart's content i ask you to wait only three weeks when the sikhs refused to wait so long the guru asked them to wait at least for five days and the great god would send them succour the sikhs refused to wait even a single day and said it was impossible for them to do so in their dire distress the guru repeated his request and said that the enemy would then retire and they should all be happy if his sikhs were to leave now they would inevitably be killed as a child continued the guru on seeing fire trieth to grasp it while his parents restrain him so o dear khalsa you are rushing to your destruction while i am endeavouring to save you the sikhs replied o great king we cannot be in a worse plight outside the city than we are within we shall all die of hunger here and if we sally forth we may escape and kill some of the enemy we cannot remain with thee an instant longer these arguments were recommended for adoption by the guru's mother my son be not obstinate it is best to leave the fort and save thy people the turks and the rajahs will give thee solemn oaths of safe conduct and what more can they do now is the time my son thou shalt not again have this opportunity if the enemy come and take the fort by storm what wilt thou do thy sikhs are dying of hunger and they will all soon be dead the guru replied o mother dear thou knowest not the turks and the hill rajas i have already shown thee their deceit but yet thou art not satisfied thou desirest to save thy family but how will the enemy allow you all to pass thou thinkest what is good is evil and what is evil is good the guru then turning to the sikhs said my brethren they who desire to go may now renounce me and depart on hearing this the guru's mother was greatly distressed and rose and sat apart to give vent to her grief the sikhs went and sat around her the guru's wives then came forth and joined the sorrowing group the guru's mother wiping away her tears broke silence the guru deemeth it not proper to leave the fort o holy guru nanak dispel my sorrow assist us now and give my son right understanding that he may protect his people i have given him much advice but he heedeth it not even if the sikhs renounce him and depart he telleth them they shall all be killed what he saith is never uttered in vain and of this i have abundant proof yet if we remain in the non the enemy will soon come and put us all to death the sikhs began to reflect we have spent all our lives in the guru's service how can we leave him now it is he who assisteth us both here and hereafter he asketh us to remain with him for five days more what will happen in five days we shall only lose our lives in vain we will certainly go forth it is better to fight and die than to starve we will not formally renounce the guru were we to do so we should incur great obloquy and the seed of sikhism would perish after much reflection and hesitation however the sikhs changed their minds and said it is better for us to break with him and write a document to the effect that he is no more our guru and we are no more his sikhs if we again meet him alive we shall induce him to pardon us the allied armies too hearing that the guru's mother was in favor of evacuating the fort lost no time in their negotiations they called a Sayyid or reputed descendant of ali the prophet's son-in-law and a brahman both of whom were to swear on behalf of the allied armies solemn oaths of safe conduct for the guru should he evacuate anandpur the likeness of a cow was made in flour a salagram and a knife were placed in front of it and these articles were sent to the guru with a letter to the effect that whoever meditated evil against him should be deemed a cow-killer or the worst form of assassin all the hindu chiefs put their seals to this letter the sayed took the emperor's letter and the koran on his head and accompanied by several Mohammedan officers proceeded to the guru the guru refused to listen to them they then went to mata gujari and repeated their representations they asked her to leave anandpur in which case her son would assuredly follow she was however unable to prevail on him gulab rai and sham singh sham das grandsons of shiraj mal addressed the guru and advised him to obey his mother the guru still proved obdurate upon this his mother prepared to depart with her two youngest grandsons judge singh and fatah singh on seeing the guru's mother take her departure the sikhs began to waver in their allegiance to the guru paper pens and ink were produced for those who wished to write letters of renunciation and in the end only forty sikhs decided to remain with their religious chief and share his fortunes the guru told them that they too might desert him they refused and said that if they did so the service they had already performed for him would prove unavailing they would either remain within the fort or force their way out as the guru directed the guru then knew that the seed of his religion would germinate and flourish he kept the deeds of renunciation and also took from the envoys the documents they had brought he then dismissed them and requested to be left alone when the guru found himself alone he set fire to his tents and other inflammable articles what was non-inflammable he buried in the earth he now finally determined to leave anandpur and gave orders to his men that they were all to march at night and during the darkness proceed to the east as far as their strength would allow them when the guru's mother wives and two youngest children had set out the guru went to visit his father's shrine and entrusted it to one gurbaksh a holy udasi telling him that he should never suffer distress as long as he remained its custodian when the guru was ready to depart daya singh and Uday singh walked in front of him the second batch of baptized sikhs on his left mu hakam singh and sahib singh on his right his sons ajit singh and zorawar singh followed with bows and arrows then came by Himat singh carrying ammunition and matchlocks gulab rai sham singh and other friends and relations of the guru accompanied him the rest of the guru's servants and camp followers about five hundred in all brought up the rear chapter twenty two